0: And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello
1: again, everyone. This is Brett Ridgeway, and welcome to another edition of the Spotlight on Speaking show, where each week I will be talking with a person who either, either considers himself a professional speaker or they view speaking as a way of building their primary business. And I'll ask that person, as always, to kind of share their speaking journey share some keys to their success as a speaker, as well as ask them to bare their soul a little bit and share some of the mistakes that they made along the way. But I'm really excited to reconnect with today's guest because Jeff Walker and I go back, gosh, 15 to 20 years or more, but we we haven't chatted in a while. But Jeff is the author of the number one New York Times bestseller launch. He teaches people how to launch online courses, products, services, and brands online. Jeff started his first online business in 1996. Oh, I beat you by year, Jeff. I started in 1995, man. And he pioneered the very idea of the online launch. His product launch formula transformed the online marketing world from the day it was released in 2005. And Jeff and POF have never slowed down. Now, all these years later, the product launch formula brand is is indeed the gold standard in the online entrepreneurial training market. Jeff's students and clients have done over a billion, yes, that's with a B, billion dollars in launches in hundreds of niches and markets and dozens of countries around the world. Jeff lives in Durango, Colorado, because he can live anywhere he wants, and he loves to get outside for all kinds of adventures. He's been married to his wife, Mary for decades. All right, I want a specific number, Jeff. How many years? Oh, now you're getting me. So, let's see, nineteen eighty 34. 34. 30. I got to beat on that one. I'm 38, man, so... <laughs> Anyway, he's been married to his wife for 34 years. He's no longer quite as fast as his kids on skis or mountain bikes, but they still let him come along for the ride. So, Jeff, welcome to the Spallana Speaking podcast, man.
2: Thank you, Brett. It's, uh, it's great to reconnect. I bet you it's been... 19 years if I had to put my Gosh.
1: you know I, I was trying to think about when the last time it crossed paths, and it may have been at Frank Kern's event down in San Diego but I don't remember exactly what year that was honestly so all those events blend together after a while man Yeah,
2: they do they
1: do so anyway so let's let's launch right into it Jeff so I mean you you created a massive brand that's well known around the world thousands and thousands of people have utilized your your trainings and and your formulas for launching a product or a service So I know that you use speaking as one of the primary ways to get the word out about that particular brand or whatever. But tell me a little bit more about your speaking journey, how you got it into the first place and has it always been just as a brand awareness thing or have you been a keynoter or, you know, a platform seller or, you know, how do you consider yourself a speaker?
2: Yeah, I think originally it was to build awareness And um, and then I've never been paid for a keynote. I've never done the, you know, get... You know, x number of dollars to show up. Um, I've either shown up for brand awareness to build positioning, to build connections, to uh, do a favor for someone who has is an event, and, and 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 you know I want to build my relationship with that event producer, and maybe then they could become a joint venture partner or come and speak at my event or something like that. But and I've also done uh, I've also sold from the platform. I I don't consider it. be like a specialty of mine but i've done millions of
1: dollars in sales (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. not too shabby man not too shabby so
2: no
1: so when you were launching the pof brand what was your primary tool for getting on stages so that you could spread that message about what you had developed
2: yeah, it's interesting. But I think the first marketing event I ever went to. So I was in line. I was online, had an online business, and um, and I was teaching about the stock market. That was the first niche I ever had, and I did that for about eight years. And I got pretty good at at marketing. I, you know, started in 1996, and you had to figure it all out. And the world was smaller then; it was simpler then. And but I figured it out, and I developed this process to launch, and then. Eventually, that business went away, and I wanted to to move into teaching marketing because I found that's where my heart really was. So I'd spoken a few times in that investing niche, um, but it really wasn't a big part of, of, of what I was doing. But I went out to, I remember the first marketing event I went to was, or, or it might have been the second one, but it was in 2003. I was by Erman Morin, who I think, you know, you, you know, very, very well. Sure. Um, and, and when, when I was at the, that event, I just in connecting with a few people, I shared some of the things that I was doing. And one of those, you know, a lot of people's ears perked up because I was doing launches back then. And the launches I were, was doing was like $106,000 and $110,000 in a week. And, and nowadays, that's a fairly modest launch, but back then it was it was mind-blowing. I didn't know it at the time, but when I shared that story with a few people, they found it pretty amazing. And one of those people um, asked me, well, it was an event producer, so he asked me to come to his event and speak. And I did that, and all of a sudden, I found my name, started. I was building Positioning that idea of people looked at me as an expert as an authority and and from there i got i got i was asked to speak by yannick silver who's now a dear friend of mine he, he was putting on one of the premier events and initially i was just going to go and speak uh, about another one i guess brand awareness um build my positioning build connections make friends um and you know th- being on stage and having that spotlight on you just gives you incredible authority. Sure. And, and and all of a sudden you're the person people are seeking out to come talk to. And you know, so much of business is about uh connections and networking. And I mean if you if you even look at this, I'm I'm a pretty hard person to get a hold of. And I don't come on a lot of podcasts, but Brett, you know, you and I our connection goes back, I think, around 20 years now. Yep. And so, you know, you messaged me, I think you texted me. You know, a text that you that I you had you have my number from a decade ago. And I'm like, will you come on? I'm like, sure. I know, Brett. It's we've known each other forever. Be happy to, be happy to reconnect. And um that's that's the power of of having a relationship. And so being on stage is great for building that kind of relationship, that kind of rapport, building your list. But a funny thing happened from between the time Yannick asked me to come speak at his event, and again, it was like one of the absolute premier marketing events mm-hmm. back in the day and i think i think that was 2003 2004 two, it might have been 2005 somewhere in there and uh and, and between me saying yes i'll come and speak and then it, then the, the date uh my i had a partner in that first business and that partner like stole the business from me which oh. is a whole <laughs> long story we don't have time to go into that story but we had a really ugly partnership breakup. He took all the assets of the business in a very unauthorized way. And and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I have an opening to create something new. Talked to Yannick and Yannick said, well, you should make an offer from the stage. And that's what I did. And that was and I'm not was not a trained salesperson. Was not a, that was the first really first time I ever made an offer from stage. But I had like six people end up buying from me. And what they bought, I think it was, I think I charged $3,000. So it was like $18,000. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I got this new business. But Mm -hmm. what I sold to those people was group coaching. That group coaching eventually, well, that taught me how to teach my work, my product launch formula. Mm -hmm. And so those six sales, that $18,000 in sales, that eventually became what I built into my, my, my coaching program. And I, you know, we're at like a hundred million dollars in sales now, all these years later, well, well over a hundred million dollars in sales all these years later. And it all started with making that offer from that stage. Um, So that shows you the power of the stage, the power of making an offer, even if you're not terribly good at it. And, and I, so some people listening might know, but like a rule of thumb, is that you should sell, you know, about 10% of the audience is a sort of a bare minimum to be doing okay. And there was like over 200 people in that audience. So if I did an okay job with that offer, I would have sold 20. I only sold six. So that tells you, at
1: that point in my life, I was not a proficient salesperson. Yeah. A lot of people would love to have an eighteen thousand dollar failure, Jeff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, we yeah,
2: absolutely, a hundred percent. And I was I was doing backflips because my partner stole my business, and like I hadn't made any money, and you know, it was like three or four months at that point. So it was great to make that, but I just want to underline that even though that was that was a great payday. It wasn't a great performance by me, uh, being a salesperson, but it still put me in this in a in a new business. And well, I so, heard you.
1: I, mean, I heard you years later at Frank Kern's event in San Diego, and I don't remember exactly what year that was. But I mean, obviously, you polish those skills and all that. So, as you've headed down this speaking path, so to speak, what do you think your your three biggest keys to success have been? Um, for, well, first of all, you're picking, I mean,
2: uh, do you mean specifically like with selling from stage or just with speaking in general, whatever whatever you want to touch on, man? Well, I'll tell you like one of the things, and again, I don't consider myself an expert salesperson, but one of the most important things is, is, um, is being in front of the right audience. Mm -hmm. So I had one time where I was in front of the right audience and this was an event I did almost every year. So I got invited back to speak at this event every year and my message and the way I speak and what I was offering was a perfect match. Mm -hmm. And I would typically do, um, between 200 and $350,000 in sales from that talk, which is a 75 minute talk. It'd be ridiculous. Um, so I, you know, that I just, it was a perfect match. So um, one time I went, and, and, and that, crazily enough, I didn't speak that much, just that I do that event once or twice a year. And then one time I went from that event to another event that just wasn't, it was a, another another group of entrepreneurs, another group of people that would benefit from my work, that in many ways would be a, a complete match but the one I was doing, you know, two to $300,000 with, they were what we might call, I don't know, they were, they were impact driven. They were about making a change in the world. Mm-hmm. And this other group, um, not that it's anything wrong with it, but they were just about money, making money, making money, making money. And what I, my message to the world is, yeah, you want to make money and you also get to make an impact. And so. I gave almost the same talk to the second event, yeah. and I, I sold like, I don't know, $4,000 or $6,000 to a room that wasn't as big, but it was almost as big. So yeah. being in front of the right room is super important, super, super important. Yeah. Now it,
1: I'm yeah. sorry, Jeff. I, you know, I find so many speakers are really weak on doing their research ahead of time before an event to determine if it is the right event for them. And I mean that can be a hard thing to figure out sometimes, but I mean 100%. yeah, the, the being in front of the right audience is, is hypercritical. So, so what's your number two, man? Well, my number two would be, and
2: let's just talk specifically about about um, selling. Which again, it's weird that I, you know, it's not like the the thing I think I'm the world's greatest expert on. Um, but from selling from stages, one of the things almost everyone messes up is they they mess up the timing of their talk so um you know you you got to practice your talk and you have to practice with a timer and you know these days generally when you're on stage you'll have a nice monitor one of those dsms a like direct stage monitor yeah. so that you can see right you know when you're looking at the audience you just look down and you see the monitor and you can maybe see your notes and different things but you can usually there's a countdown clock there which is a godsend the speakers because back in the day like when we met Brett right, there's you know maybe someone at the at the back of stage would hold up a sign that says 10 minutes. Yeah. And you, you might from stage you might see that, but you probably didn't because you're all in rapture with being on stage. And and so it was a lot harder. Now it's easier to have that monitor in front of you, but still almost everyone when there's early days of speaking they you go over almost everyone goes over in yeah. their time because you just i'm sure you see so many people brett but i would you say like name, what's the percentage of like people that are in the first 10 talks that go over time would what
1: would you guess oh brett? gosh you know above 50 percent, honestly and even i've seen what you would call experienced speakers run 30 minutes over their time slot i mean they totally killed the event essentially yeah so don't go
2: over your time you know, hey, know how to cut your stories short. Know so th- I guess this isn't just for selling, this is for for any kind of a talk. You want to bring it in on time. And you know, if you're over a minute or two minutes, okay. But but bring it in on time because you're in an industry and if you want to be a good uh player who is seen as as is a healthy, good person to invite to speak one of the things you have to do is be respectful of the event producers sure. and bring it in on time. Like one of the worst things you can do, I've, I've seen this on stage a number of times where someone was like from stage, they'd be, you know, they'd be, Oh, it looks like I'm over time. And, and say, is it okay if I go a little longer to the, like, like <laughs> yeah. address like the event producer? Oh party? yeah. See many and, times. And, and like that, you're, you're going to make the event producer if they say, no, you got to stop. You're, you're gonna make them look like the Grinch that stole Christmas, right? I mean it's it, it's it's that's a horrible th- position to put the event producer in. but you should just bring it in on time. That's the way to be respectful. that's the way to get invited back and other people are watching and noticing and word travels fast. Um, so bring it in on time. you know cut you know if you have to cut your favorite story short, cut it short if you have to cut your favorite story out, cut it out. sort of have a plan for how you're gonna end and you know what? You might have the greatest talk ever, all planned out perfectly, but the audience doesn't know that. And if you cut out a chunk in the middle so that you can get to that end section, you're going to be fine.
1: Those are you're- such great, I'm sorry, those are such great tips, Jeff. And I have a couple other questions I do want to ask you before we wrap it up today. But before we do, let's take a quick break to get a word from our sponsor.
0: Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back
1: with a spotlight on a speaking show with my guest, Jeff Walker. And Jeff, here's a here's a section where I last, I'd like to ask you to kind of bare your soul a little bit, so to speak, and maybe share a mistake or two you made along the way that you would highly encourage aspiring speakers to avoid making. I'll tell you, well, you know what? I'm going to talk about
2: uh, when I did a radio spot. This is Bury My Soul. i <laughs> issue on this. And this is in that first business, which is about the stock market. And I was invited to, To um, get on and uh, uh, do a little bit on a radio, and it just happened to be drive time in Denver, the number one station, top biggest station radio station in Denver, which is a pretty sizable market. And they wanted me to do to get on at seven thirty in the morning and do like a little three minute bit where I get interviewed. And uh, they asked me to prepare a bunch of questions, and I. I did. And I actually drove, I got up in the morning, early in the morning, drove down to the studio so I could do it in studio. And I had never done anything like this. So I was pretty darn intimidated. And all the DJ, like the DJ was walking around and kept clearing his throat. So I'm like, you know, when he's not on stage yet, not on on mic. So I walked around and kept clearing my throat because I thought that was like (laughs) just the most ridiculous thing in the world. And so in any case, I get on there And he's going to interview me. He looks at this list of questions I prepared for him. He looks at that, and he just takes it, and he throws it away. And he asks me a question that is completely off script and is a leading question. And there was actually a leading question that led in the exact opposite direction of what I believed. And I I froze. And I just started stumbling. I was like, well, um, uh, uh, um, and... I'm talking like 15, 20 seconds of dead air. And, you know, on a radio, a major radio station like that, dead air is just like, it's just like the worst thing ever. And eventually I recovered my voice, but I never, you know, three minutes went by. I, I thought it was the worst performance in the world. So there's a couple of lessons there. One lesson is practice on your B clients instead of your A clients. So in other words, this is an amazing opportunity, but it probably wasn't a good first opportunity for me. You know, find a way to to practice in front of a on a smaller stage first before you get on the really big stage. And yeah. if you're for a really big stage, find be, before you go on there, find a couple small stages to get on, even if it's a podcast yeah. uh, or like that. So that's one. But the other thing is, is I really i i did have serious scar to, I'm like i I didn't do another interview for probably five years after that because wow. it, it was it was just it just destroyed me. And so this is the thing is, no matter what you do, I mean, I've never fallen off stage, but I've almost fallen off stage. I've tripped (laughs) and fallen going on stage. No matter what goes wrong, it just doesn't matter. Your life isn't over. Just get up and do it again. And don't let one, you know, everyone has their first time on stage or the second time or third time. And after a while, you realize that just the more open and authentic you are with the crowd, if something goes wrong, you play into whatever goes wrong. I mean, I I had a I spoke in an event that was a thousand person event, but it was probably only about thirty people wide. So it went back forever. This hmm. super deep room. And yeah. my whole presentation, I had no PowerPoint slides. I I it was all going to be on a big flip chart and I was going to draw on a flip chart and they're going to project that in the screen so the people 40 or 50 rows back could see it. Yeah. Well, I walk up to that flip chart to to start my diagrams and the flip chart literally fell apart. It First, (laughs) one leg fell off, then the other leg fell off, then the whole thing collapsed onto the ground and I didn't have any way to present. And of course, everyone in the audience wanted to watch the people trying to fix the flip chart. That was more interesting than watching the speaker. But you just have to deal with stuff happens and just lean into it. Lean into whatever happens, and people will love you that much more.
1: Well, those are great stories, Jeff. So if somebody wants to get involved in Jeff Walker's world, where do they go to find out more about what you got going on? Yeah, it's pretty simple. So I teach people how to launch online
2: businesses, courses, membership sites, coaching programs, masterminds, whatever it is. I've been teaching this since 2005. And if you go to productlaunchformula.com, then you can, basically what I do is every now and then I open up a new cohort and we let people in. But whenever you go there, we'll have some amazing free resources. Everything I've done, I've, I've built off of giving like the best stuff away for free. And then if people want to go deeper, I invite them into my programs. So just go to productlaunchformula.com, put your email address in, and we'll get you some free training on how
1: to launch. All right. Well, very good. So this has been another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking show with Brett Ridgway. As always, if you haven't been to SpotlightOnSpeaking.com, hop on over there and register so you can be notified of upcoming episodes. As well as if you'd like a copy of my free report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business, then you can pick that up at com slash freebie. But again, I thank Jeff Walker so much for joining me this afternoon. And as always, I wish all of you the greatest of success in all that you do as you look to build your own profitable speaking business. Take care.
0: This has been the Spotlight on Speaking show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.